0: Good morning and welcome to Thursday morning, January the 19th in 2023 on When I Rise. Today we continue year A, the third Sunday after Epiphany. And on the Thursday of the week, we'd like to take a look at the New Testament letter passage, which comes to us from this week from the Revised Common Lectionary, in this week of the church's calendar year. And so we find ourselves back in 1 Corinthians, back in chapter 1, just the next section. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 10 through 18. So let me read that passage. About a couple points for reflection, and then we'll spend our time praying along the theme that we find there. Thanks for making us part of your morning on When I Rise. Let's allow our souls to rise and meet God together in a time of prayer. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 10 through 18. Now, I encourage you, brothers and sisters, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ— Agree with each other and don't be divided into rival groups. Instead, be restored with the same mind and the same purpose. My brothers and sisters, Chloe's people give me some information about you, that you're fighting with each other. What I mean is this, that each one of you says, I belong to Paul, I belong to Apollos, I belong to Kephas, I belong to Christ. Has Christ been divided? Was Paul crucified for you? Or were you baptized in Paul's name? Thank God I didn't baptize any of you except Crispus and Gaius, so that nobody can say that you were baptized in my name. Oh, I baptized the house of Stephanus too. Otherwise, I don't know if I baptized anyone else. Christ didn't send me to baptize, but to preach the good news. And Christ didn't send me to preach the good news with clever words so that Christ's cross will be emptied of its meaning. The message of the cross is foolishness to those who are being destroyed that it is the power of God for those who are being saved. This is a word of God for us. Right here at the beginning, we get to the heart of at least the first half of the first letter to the Corinthian church that Paul wants to address an array of issues of division the corinthian church and so he sets the groundwork here and he talks about how there's like rivalry so he said hey somebody spilled the tea uh, there's rivalry between y'all and the first thing that he addresses is how people are getting into camps of those who taught them or who baptized them and so paul has this on a little interesting passage here where he talks about how he didn't baptize anybody except for so and so and so and so oh and i guess I baptized the household of so-and-so, and you know, I'm not sure if I baptized anyone else, but all I have to say, my calling is not to baptize, but is to preach the gospel. Now, maybe when you heard that, read that this morning, you thought, that's interesting. Like the person who preaches in our churches tends to be the people who baptize. So maybe there was a situation, at least in this corner of the church, in the early church era, where there was like these different delineation of roles where someone was a gospel proclaimer like Paul. And then there's like maybe pastoral figures who ministered to the needs of the church and ultimately was the one to baptize people in the local community. And we we certainly see that early in the book of Acts, the apostles have their hands full. They're trying to deal with issues in the church, but they're also trying to spread the gospel. And so they get this sense where they need to get like people who can take care of the needs of the church, feed those who need, who are hungry and who need food and take care of maybe some pastoral care issues so that they can then be turned loose to preach the word of God, right? And we do get the sense where there's like the kerygma, that which is to be proclaimed, and then we have the didache, that which is taught, right? And so there's a a sense where if someone wanted to become a believer, uh, they want to be baptized, they want to be a follower of Jesus, they went through this catechism, this teaching, and then somebody baptized them into the local community, but then outside of that there's also these messengers that went all over the place dotting all over the roman empire uh, preaching the good news and so paul saw himself primarily as one who went from place to place to preach the gospel and then others were baptizing but nevertheless maybe in a pinch he had to baptize this friend and that friend and that household and so all of a sudden now like you've got these divisions like people begin to look at maybe the the content of somebody's character or their ability to answer tough questions and like well obviously my spirituality is better than yours because you don't know the answer these things but like my teacher apollos told me these things and maybe you your teacher isn't as informed as mine and so like you can see like how these divisions took place now aren't you glad that we have evolved since then like we would never have imagined like even today like all these centuries later that we would never have this type of rivalry and envy within the body of christ today of course I'm speaking facetiously because we can resonate with all this stuff now there's a sense where a little bit of rivalry is not bad Uh, I I love how um, I think it was Simon Sinek who borrowed the term from somebody else but he talked about infinite and finite games and in Simon Sinek's book he talked about how it's good to have a worthy rival in our life someone that when we look you know to the side as we're like running our race We look to the side, to the right, to the left, and someone who's like helping us to keep a brisk pace, somebody who pushes us. Um, That's why uh, teams, when they practice, they go good on good so that as they're beginning to implement new plays or new systems and strategies, they can really test it out against not just like the subpar competition, but the competition that they're actually going to face, right? So on, on the one hand, it's good to have someone who can stir you, who can spur you on, and i think it's even the life of the church i mean think about the people that uh, you're in a life group with or people that you're on a ministry team with or maybe even some like if you're like a clergy person you get people of you know around right about the same age went to seminary together got into local church together you meet up at the denominational meeting you're going to talk about life and you kind of confide in one another you commiserate you know in all the ministry woes that we have but then you're like you know like i see this person excelling because they've really focused on this, or they've implemented that. And I think that that could be something helpful for us too. And so like you bring that back and it makes your ministry better. There's something about having a worthy rival. that's good. What gets in the way is where like these divisions and like the bitterness begins to um, seep in, right? That's why in another place in the New Testament, it talks about how like the bitterness is like a root, right? It kind of gets into the soil and begins to like grow underneath the surface. And next thing you know, like you look around and Things are looking pretty grim around here because people don't trust one another, they're not keeping short accounts, and they're finding you know insignificant reasons (laughs) to part from one another. And so Paul wants to address it right away. He says, Any of us, no matter who your teacher is, who baptized you, like you're in Christ. And Christ and his message is a stumbling block to the world. Now notice he says in verse 18, our last verse for this passage this morning message of the cross is foolishness to those who are being destroyed but that is the power of God for those of us who are being saved so Paul tries to level the playing field he's saying outside the church like you you're wasting a lot of time fighting with your brother and sister in Christ right because you're actually all in the same boat and that boat is like trying to row its way through a very tumultuous storm right now I mean everyone looks at our gospel and they they're scratching their heads you know, in the very safest of terms, like they're scratching this going, how can this make sense? How can someone line up behind this? But in the worst of terms, like people are being prosecuted, persecuted, held in contempt because of holding this message. That's any of us, all of us, who have embraced the cross. But all of us and any of us who embrace the cross, we've experienced the same power from God. One that's restoring us, rescuing us, empowering us, to be the people that God wants us to be. So we're all in the same boat together. So let's grab the oars. Let's let's row and sink. Let's be synchronized so that we can go on a journey with God. And I think that's a helpful admonition for all of us in the church. It doesn't take long after you get integrated into the church to figure out, like, man, like sometimes we can get divided over some really petty things. So it's up to us not to perpetuate the pettiness, right? I mean, there might be some things to clarify. There might be some things to really think long and hard about and make sure everyone's heard and like try to reason together and try to harmonize like on some of the big stuff but let's be honest some of the small stuff we make way too big and it gets in the way it encumbers our progress forward in our journey with god and so all of us need to have like a gut check this morning like are the things that like i'm getting all ramped up about inside the church is it even worth it can i let it go Can I embrace the other so that we can row in the same boat together? I think that's a good admonition for all of us. So with that in mind, let's spend some time praying to our God this morning. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we acknowledge today that you've called us to live a law of love, that as we bear one another's burdens, we fulfill the law of Christ, and we confess to you, God, that We struggle with love. We struggle to love at the depth that you love us and that you've called us to. And so we ask for your help once more. Uh, We acknowledge that we can harbor bitterness, that we can feed division, just like the Corinthian church, that we can be so, uh, we could so admire a teacher in our life that we can raise them and their teaching over other teachers and Those who follow other teachers, we can look down upon them and even judge them for not following our teacher, but instead following their teacher. Uh, We just acknowledge that we need some help, so we just ask for you once more for your grace and for your mercy. We pray that you would give us a great soft heart and uh, kind eyes towards all those in the body of Christ. Pray that we learn to embrace one another at a greater depth. That we would uh, be able to show great patience with one another in our development and our own journeys with God and. May we just get the bigger picture that um, we've been called by the same Christ and we have been empowered by the same cross. I pray that as we reflect on that, that we will learn to dwell in unity today. I ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.